Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon focuses on the topic learning to see your anxiety in the meanings you create. This conversation was originally recorded in November of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. I'm looking through the eyes of love I'm gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice My name is Marcos Leon and our topic today is learning to see anxiety in the meanings you create In past uh, conversations, we have already defined uh, what we mean when we talk about anxiety. We have defined anxiety as the intense emotion that we experience when we face a real or a perceived threat, especially in the case of chronic anxiety. Uh, usually, the, the threat is perceived, not necessarily real. We have talked also in previous conversations about those predictable patterns of reactivity to anxiety that we experience when, when anxiety gets triggered, next something happens and our anxiety activates. It's very predictable how we are going to react to it, what behaviors are going to engage in. We call that the autopilot. We have also talked about uh, the importance of learning to see this anxiety in order to, to practice some control of ourselves in the midst of anxious situations. So in order to overcome anxiety, I need to be able to see it. And uh, we talk specifically about seeing anxiety in our bodies. Where do we feel anxiety? Uh, what kind of physiological uh, uh, sensations we experience, or how it expresses in, in our verbal communication. So uh, we're going to continue today the conversation about learning to see anxiety, but we want to uh, focus on seeing anxiety in the meanings you create, that we create. So what do we mean when we talk about meanings? It's important to consider that all human beings are constantly making meaning uh, or interpreting the experiences that we live. This is something universal. The, the making meaning process uh, is, is a God-given uh, capacity. We all have the, the capacity to uh, experience things and, and interpret them from different points of view. Actually, if you ha have two different people to live through the same experience, you might discover that those people might, might choose or might make a different, a different meaning. So they, they can come out of that experience interpreting the experience in different ways. So that's what we mean. The, the, this meaning-making process uh, is, is defined as the process of, of how people construe, understand, or make sense of life events, relationships, and the self. Actually, traditionally, we can also say that uh, this, this uh, making meaning capacity gives us a different way of seeing and, and being in the world. Uh, we make a different meaning 
about ourselves or we make meaning about other people or we make meaning about the world or we make meaning about authority and how people in authority uh, are with us or how they are. And remember, those are our interpretations um, about the, the experiences, the, 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 the circumstances or the people that we are in relationship with. Making meaning, therefore, is nothing more than inter interpreting or making a story about things that we are living. So let me try to use a few examples that might be helpful to clarify this. Uh, the first example is kind of a light e example. And it's very, very known, this conversation about is this uh, glass uh, half full or half empty, right? We can see the same glass and we can see it in a different way. We have half of it already or we are lacking half of it already and this is a matter of perspective but is it also an interpretation how you how you see that 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 glass comes out of your own a conscious or unconscious choice you're making the story right you're making you're assigning the meaning and uh, chances are that they are going to also influence the way that you interact with that glass that you interact with the situation that you are living uh, regarding that glass. That, that's a kind of a light example, but it gives you an idea of how we can see uh, and have a perspective that is different, interpret in a different way the same reality. Another example, uh, is this a crisis or an opportunity? You know, you are familiar probably with, with this uh, idea, especially in times that are very challenging, like the times that we are living. We, we are living a pandemic and we cannot deny the fact that uh, there's a lot of crisis, a lot of loss. And some of us are also very present to the fact that there are also opportunities in the midst of this crisis. Which one of those is real? Actually, both of them are real. It's a different perspective or interpretation of what we are living and experiencing. So that's a second example. Another example, uh, a little bit deeper, probably are experiences of failure. Is this a failure or a lesson learned? And here it becomes more personal, right? How, how I'm interpreting this failure, this, this lack of success, right? Is this... Uh, Something that is going to define, is going to, I'm going to use it to make a meaning about myself as a failure. I'm not good enough. I cannot do things. I cannot succeed. Taking me into a very predictable pattern of, of feeling and, and probably acting. Or can I take that uh, as, as a lesson that was learned? And actually, I can find some positive things that I learned, things that I, I might not repeat in the future. But Take, that interpretation takes me to a different place of interacting with the same situation. And on a deeper uh, example, uh, the question about suffering, right? Does suffering have a purpose? Is a meaning-making question, right? And, uh, people who have suffered, have gone through loss or, or very hard circumstances uh, are very familiar with this reality. How are you going to interpret this reality. Personally, I often read and appreciate and admire, in a way, a, a story, the stories of people who have gone through uh, hard situations, especially concentration camps in Second World War, for example. And you see how, the, it, it, without denying the suffering and, and the 
the horrible reality of, of the test. Many of the people who, who write after that have come with a deeper uh, sense of purpose and, and a deeper, deeper experience. And it has to do with meaning. Actually, the, the famous uh, uh, psychologist Viktor Frankl is, is a classic. Man's Search for Meaning is a book about this. How, what meaning uh, do you make of, out of uh, a situation? And finally, another example, probably uh, more uh, familiar for those of, of, of the Christian faith, uh, is the cross. Uh, was the cross the worst thing ever? The worst thing ever or the best thing ever? The worst thing ever is, is the murder of God. That There's nothing worse than that. The best thing ever is grace and forgiveness for all of us. And... Uh, uh, in the same experience, in the same event in history, what, what is the meaning? You know, is, is one completely true, ex excluding the other one, or are both real? And how we interpret that, obviously, is going to impact how we live our faith. So those are some examples that might be helpful to, to see that this is real. And it is real in, in smaller aspects of life or, or lighter aspects of life, like the glass, half empty or half full, or deeper uh, understandings uh, of life like our faith. This is important in our conversation about anxiety because the meanings that you create uh, are going to influence powerfully the way that you understand and you interact with the world, with a given situation. In a way, as I, I mentioned before, the meanings that you make create a predictable way of seeing the world, understanding the world, and a predictable, a predictable way of being in the world. You are going to uh, act in alignment with your understanding of that world. And I will say something else. Not only you see the world in a specific way and act in the world in a specific way, but you will also uh, find evidence in the world that supports the meaning that you are making. If I look for uh, evidence of love in the world, I might find evidence of love in the world. But if I, I look for, for evidence of uh, hate and danger in, in the world, that's what we're going to find. In a way, we only find what we're looking for. So meanings, they work in the unconscious uh, part of our beings, and they matter because they influence the way that we act and interact. So I'm going to try to share with you a few more ideas, six more ideas that are important about meanings. The first one, uh, meanings may be useful and less useful in helping you to be the person that you want to be. That's a deep statement, right? So instead of the normal classification between a right or wrong meaning or true, completely true, or completely untrue meaning, I suggest that you uh, learn to acknowledge the ambiguity of some situations in which uh, the meanings, uh, in a way, might be helpful and empower you to be the person that you want to be. Or they might not be helpful. They might be less helpful in letting you be the person that you want to be. If uh, the meaning that I make is helping me, uh, I will say it's going to propel me into a, a deeper action. But it, 
you know, it, it starts in the way that I choose, the, the meaning that I choose. So don't try to polarize in right or wrong because it will be very complex. You will not find there are a lot of meanings that have some truth and, and not all the truth is in one meaning. The second idea that I invite you to consider is that there are big picture meanings, right? Like uh, pictures about life, about suffering, about faith, right? And there are small picture meanings that are more about the specific circumstances. I, I can tell you that you make meaning all the time, right? We're meaning-making machines. So if I call somebody, I call a friend of mine, and my friend doesn't respond to me immediately or in, in, in the day, within the day, I start making meaning about why my friend is not responding to me. It is because he's mad at me. It is because he thinks this or that of me. It is because of him, it is because of me. And there are several ways in which I can go with that meaning. And the truth is that, um, you know, those are smaller meanings. Why this person is looking at me that way? Why this person cross uh, his car or her car uh, to me? I make stories about that. And the stories that I make matter because they help me live in, in a specific way in the world. Third idea that is somehow connected with, with the first and the second is that information, uh, clear uh, and, and adequate information is important to consider as, as you are making the meaning, as you are choosing the meaning that, that, that you're going to choose. So uh, if my friend uh, didn't call me back, before making the story that he is not my friend anymore or he doesn't like me, it will be helpful to know and maybe to ask, hey, I call you and you didn't respond. Did something happen? That information will actually help me uh, make a meaning that is more accurate with reality and not a meaning that is only in my head, not a story that I only made in my head, right? Now, the tricky part of, of information is that information is a tool, but it's not the goal in meanings, because there are many meanings that might be mixed. They have some truth, but they don't have all the truth, like the glass, half empty or, or half full. Both of them are truth. So use information, seek information when you're think, considering the meanings, but consider that this is not about determining what is right and what is wrong what is completely true. Information about reality allows you to, to, to make a meaning that is more accurate, but it is not what is going to guarantee that that meaning is the best for you. Okay? Remember, meanings are helpful or unhelpful. Next idea, number four. Choosing one meaning or another is a process of personal choice. Probably that's very important. Two people can live the same experience and choose or create a different meaning about it. And, you know, it's their choice. It's a personal choice. So that takes me to point number five. That probably is one of the most important I will tell you today. No one but you is responsible for the meanings that you create or choose. I cannot blame people for the meanings that I am creating. I am the only one responsible. If the meaning that I create about one situation, one person, is not useful, is not empowering me in being the person I want to be, probably I could consider is if there is an alternative meaning that might be helpful. And I'm talking in, in the constraint of reality and, and truth, 
right? Not, I'm not talking about creating a meaning that's completely untruth. But, um, but I am responsible of the stories that I create. That is the point. Finally, the meanings you make are influenced by your past experience and become conscious ways of seeing and being in the world, unconscious ways. So, especially if you think about anxiety, right? How, how anxiety uh, happened uh, as you were growing up? What, was the, what were the meanings that you create about um, fear or about uh, anxiety uh, or about anger in your family of origin? Is good, is not good, you can express it, you cannot express it, you, you can share it with people, you cannot share it with people. All those are very thing, very different aspects for each one of us, and they are very influenced by, by what we call our family of origin. So there is an element of, of our past that is active in the present, in our making meaning capacity. So so how we use all this learning about meanings in, in what we are trying to develop in us, that is this capacity to see anxiety in our own lives. So we can overcome anxiety, right? First, it's important to, to remind you that usually when we want to be able to, to see anxiety, the, the tool that we use is reflection. We, we reflect in, in what's going on. We, and when we use reflection, usually we are talking about learning uh, as, as seeing in the rear view mirror of our lives, right? We, we reflect on things that took place, right? So we have to create a time for reflection and somehow uh, start thinking, what happened yesterday? What happened last week? And somehow it is about past experiences. And little by little, the learning becomes real and, and kind of in, in present time. But we start reflecting on previous experiences again it can be an experience that happened last night or it happened last week that is the tool that is the way that the, the skill that, that is the way that we practice this so using the rear view mirror of our life uh, the idea is what is the meaning or what is the story that is connected with your anxiety it can be a big anxiety producing situation it can be a smaller anxiety producing situation by now, probably, you are able uh, to recognize the anxiety in, in your reactivity, in, in your body, in the way that you are reacting, when you are yelling, or when you, you lost it, or when you lose control, or when you became silent, and you know, oh, you can see. That is the first thing that we can see, the, the impact of, of that reactivity. So we look back, and probably, uh, with reflection, we can uh, come to the experience that trigger that activated that anxiety oh it was when i was talking with my wife and it was when she said this and that when all these things started right what we want is to be able now to connect our experience and our activity anxiety with the meaning that is being present uh, in that specific experience so I was talking with my wife uh, and I was okay, but suddenly she says something that made me think that she was saying something that I'm related or, or around the fact that I'm not a good worker, for example. And that moment I felt my anxiety activating and all these things happen and my reactivity 
took on and I yell or whatever it was, the, the, the thing that happened. Or I became silent and the conversation was over and my night was, was off. I, I, I didn't uh, enjoy the rest of the evening. <laughs> so you see, we can see those two things. The, the, the reflection work is what kind of meaning is connected to what your wife, what my wife say about my work? What kind of meaning is connected to uh, my own perception of how good or bad worker I am? How uh, is, is that connected even with, with my past? Is there any ex previous experience that had somehow shaped that meaning? And that is the way that you see it. You see, when you are able to see the meaning, you might decide if this is a helpful meaning or not. Helpful questions for this, uh, as you consider the meaning that connects your experience with your reactivity. What is the meaning that is connected? Is this meaning helpful? Is this empowering to be the person that you want to be or not? As a husband, for example, in the example. Is, is this meaning reflecting the truth? Or part of the truth, or how how true is this meaning? Is it true that I'm a good, good worker or not? Do, do I need to face that? Is this connected with my past? And if it is connected with my past, how it is connected with my past? Is there an uh, an alternative? It is an alternate meaning that I can choose, or is this the only meaning? This is exactly what what she. Uh, what she say and the meaning that I made is this exactly what is so, or there is a possibility of, of something like that. And finally, all things considered, what meaning is useful to you? Is that meaning helpful? Is another meaning helpful? All this is very conceptual, right? And it cannot be anything else in, in a conversation like this, but I can guarantee you that if you apply these questions specifically to specific situations in your life, you will be able to see things that are very helpful in your capacity to see your anxiety. So that is the way that we learn to see our anxiety in the meanings that we create. And the first thing is seeing the meaning and then analyzing how the meaning is connected with our anxiety and how those meanings are helpful or unhelpful. Remember, all this is conceptual. And knowing this is not going to change anything in your anxiety. It will be helpful and it might start changing something in your anxiety when you apply this learning to your offline. When you, after an anxious situation, you create space for reflection and you start going through these questions. And, okay, that was anxiety. I can see it. That was experience. What meaning is connecting this? What interpretation, what story I'm operating from? that is producing all of that. It won't be fair to, to finish this conversation without also pointing to this idea of, of, of meanings uh, that were created in your family of origin. And this is a deep work. You might need some help uh, to do this and time and, and courage, obviously. But um, we need to mention it. Uh, I, I say that meanings uh, somehow are also influenced by your past experiences. So a few questions that will help you consider meanings uh, related to anxiety that were set in place uh, in your past when you were a kid. Or you learn in a way 
through those meanings. Those were, those were modeled by you. Remember, we learn not because somebody gave us a book about anxiety or about life. We learn as life was modeled for us, mainly through uh, our parents' behaviors, our caretakers' behaviors, and adults in general, and experiences that we live. So a few questions that are helpful as you consider the past in relation with meanings. How did you learn to deal with fear and anxiety in your family of origin? What happened? How did your parents or care caregivers uh, dealt with anxiety? How those past experiences uh, are impacted, impacting you in the present? So three simple questions that you can explore. They can open profound and deep spaces of learning to see the meanings that you are operating from in the present. So a final word and reminder, why is this important? What is important to see anxiety? Why do I have to start learning about this anxiety? It's not easier to take some, I don't know, even medicine for my anxiety. Well, I hope not. I hope you don't need medicine for your anxiety, even though there are many cases that is, is very helpful for a while. But uh, it's important to see these meanings because uh, your ability to successfully uh, manage your anxious self depends on your ability to recognize your anxiety in you. So if you see your anxiety and you see how your anxiety operates, you can actually disassociate, as they call. And you can recognize that anxiety is not, your anxiety is not you, that you are something greater and bigger of anxiety. Anxiety actually is something that happens to you. And it happens and then it doesn't happen, right? But you learn to recognize when you are under the influence of anxiety. And that disassociation, that recognition, somehow uh, empowers you, gives you the opportunity to choose who you want to be in that situation. And I think that is the best way to be able to overcome anxious situations. So a reflection that uh, I think is very helpful for us in Romans 5 uh, verses through, uh, 2 through 4. Uh, Paul writes, he says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to, to sharing God's glory. So making, Paul is making a case uh, that because of Christ, we are in a special place, in a special place of peace with God in which we don't have to be anxious about God. But it's, a, it's a piece of place. And that is actually a very good beginning. Paul continues. And he says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they helps us, help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strength, strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So talk about meaning. You know, Paul suddenly is telling us that we can actually rejoice in our problems and trials and sufferings. And another translation talks about suffering. Uh, and we do it because there's a new meaning, right? A new meaning that we have chosen and that we believe because it has modeled by Christ and is the essence of our faith. And what is this meaning? That suffering develops the strength, endurance character and hope 
So you see how that changes completely the, 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 the perspective and not only the way that we see the world and how, how we see sufferings, but it changes also the way that we are in sufferings, how we engage with the sufferings. The Bible is full of meanings and, and how God is bringing a, a deeper meaning to different situations of life. And so that is a, uh, our reflection today. I want to encourage you to, to practice as always, to practice. Remember, learning and knowing all these things is helpful to a degree, but it won't produce any change or transformation in you unless you're able to bring that knowledge and make it practice, incarnated in practice in your life. My suggestion is for you to prepare. Prepare for this, uh, this moment of reflection. So set aside some time, make some time. We, we don't have much time, but you can make at least 30 minutes to meditate and pray in the presence of God about your anxiety. Start, if it is helpful for you, start by taking two or three deep breaths Allow your body to be part of this preparation and try to remain silent for, for two or three minutes, allowing your, your heart to settle down and, and you to be, have an attitude of presence. And then reflect. Reflect about the meanings and the stories that are connected to your anxiety. What meanings can you recognize in your anxious situations? Uh, are they useful to you? Are they truth? <laughs> Is, are there alternative meanings to the ones that you are uh, operating from? And most important of all, what, what do you hear God is telling you about those meanings? Then uh, when you feel led to present your reflection to God and ask him to help you, to help you see and overcome your anxiety, present your request to God with humility and with honesty. That is the moment when you are able to respond and to pray uh, out of that reflection uh, to God. And finally, I encourage you to share what you're learning with a trusted person who loves you. There is so much more learning when we allow that uh, internal learning that happens kind of in, in solitude in a time in which we are in the presence of God. When we allow that to be expressed and articulated in, in a conversation with somebody that loves us. This is not about teaching anything or, or winning uh, any kind of argument or proving anything. This is about more like giving yourself the opportunity to process out loud what you are learning. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us slash donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love I'm looking through the eyes of love.